the Lord. Thank you very much, Abna, for creating the time and the space for us. Praise the Lord. We want to thank God for each one of you and thank God for our gathering to the Lord. The Bible says that a gathering is not to any man but unto God. And so we acknowledge that. And he says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's right there in their midst. Hallelujah. And so we thank him for the privilege of gathering before the Lord our God. Amen. We have started talking about it from yesterday about the issue of the true prophetic ministry. <clears throat> the true prophetic ministry. Um, we said yesterday that because of the proliferation of the prophetic operations, it was necessary we gave our hearts to the Lord in studying to have in-depth studies so that we can have a clear understanding about the issue of the true prophetic ministry. Praise the Lord. And I said yesterday clearly that I had to go to the Lord to ask about this prophetic thing and I took my pen and I was graciously given with this which I said yesterday I read it again the prophetic ministry is an office holding ministry like the other four ministries that the Lord himself gives to his saints this prophetic ministry carries along the teaching of the Word of God, first and foremost, spiritual revelation, power, and insight into the things of God. As God wills to give to a person. The prophetic gift also makes individuals also tend to have a good standing with God, plead for others. There are levels, there are different levels of this prophetic ministry as well. Amen. And we saw yesterday, started from Father Abraham from Genesis 18, where he encountered the Lord and the angels, the two angels that went along with the Lord um, when they were about going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and then at the same time gave a promise to 
Father Abraham that a year by that time he was going to have a son. And then we move into after they have had that discussions, the Lord stayed with Moses and having a discussion whilst the two angels moved towards Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it. And then the Lord said, shall I hide anything from my friend? Shall I hide anything from a man that I know his seed, he will see to his household to teach judgments and everything. And so it was at that time the Lord revealed unto um, Father Abraham the intentions of going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he took advantage of the information that had been given to him by the Lord and started pleading to the Lord saying that if you were to find 50 people, would you still destroy the nation? And the Lord said, if I did find 50 righteous men, I will not do that. And so it went on and he pleaded continually until he got to 10. And the Lord said, if I find 10, I will not. So when we came back to Genesis chapter 20, when Abimelech, and I'm just refreshing for those who are, who are not here, Abimelech and um, the situation of separating, giving one bedroom to Abraham and giving another bedroom to Sarah, his wife, because they had said to him that they were brothers and sisters. And then the Lord revealed unto him to say, Listen, in the night, Abimelech, the Lord went to him in a dream and said, You are a dead man, because you have separated a husband from his wife. And the man responded by saying that, Lord, I did not know. They were the ones who told me. And in the genuineness and, uh, of my heart, I did what I had to do. And the Lord said, it's because also I saw the integrity of your heart. I refrained you from sinning by making an attempt towards his wife. And then we got to know something in Genesis chapter 20 verse 7, which is very beautiful. The Bible makes it very clear that then the Lord said to um, Abimelech that, listen, restore the man's wife to him and Pray and let him pray for you, for he is a prophet. Praise the Lord. So it was there that we established that um, Father Abraham apparently was standing in the fivefold ministry of the Lord because he was a prophet. But I said yesterday that Father Abraham, because we know him as the father of faith, we most of the time don't relate to him as such as a prophet. But God himself is the one that gave the title and said, pray. And then out of that study, we also established that this prophetic, true prophetic ministry, which is an office, when the Lord places man there, it is very important that that office is highly respected. 
Because even God himself, who created that office for the individual, respects that office. To such an extent that, even if the man occupying that office makes a mistake, it is not your business to judge it. The reason is that it is God who put him there. And because God respects that office, he would honor anything that comes from that office. Praise the Lord. And we cited an instance of Eli, who we would have said backslided. And yet, when he spoke concerning Hannah, that may the Lord grant your request, it came to pass. Praise the Lord. Also, coming back, we also established that God himself said, and then I think I made a very clear statement when I said that. You see, why was God there himself talking to Abimelech and did not waive any concessions and yet said, let the man pray for you. So when somebody is an office of a prophet, may I say to you, he has a good standing with the Lord. Amen. And his prayers can be answered. So we went on and on to give more details. And then we came to Amos when the Bible also confirmed that for the Lord will not do, the Lord God will not do anything without first revealing it to his prophet, uh, his servants, the prophet. And so we saw the magnitude of that prophetic office that it ought to be respected. We were also encouraging ourselves and pleading that every one of us ought to now be very careful. Hitherto, if we have taken things for granted and we felt that we are all the same and all of that, we, we have to refrain and be careful. So it simply means that we have to now be very careful, especially towards leaders. You see, let me tell you something. Some people may be called pastors, but in the sight of God, they may have been given with an office of a prophet, or for that matter, an office of, of a pastor. So you don't dare. In fact, I didn't have much time. Like I said to you yesterday, this is very extensive as the more I sit down and I go into it, then I discover that it's, a, it's not a two nights matter. But we'll just trust God to, to, to such an extent of whatever He would enable us to take, we will do that. Amen. And I also told you that it was necessary we talked about this because of the way the world is going. And today, just when I was sitting down, um, and coming to just do a little reflection on this thing. And then immediately in my heart, I said, let me quickly look for this scripture. First John chapter 4. And then we will come back. It's not part of my notes, but it's something that uh, my, my mind just picked it up in my heart. And I felt I should just share with us. First John chapter 4 verse 1. You see, the reason for which this is very important. The Bible says, we haven't started, you know. I'm just, the Bible says that Bill... Be, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many have gone out into the world. Hallelujah. You see, the emphasis of what we are talking about is so crucial. That there are so many references. And so I honestly believe that God gave us the approval and the grace by His Spirit to tackle this 
message. Don't you think so? And so, as Pastor Bimpon led us to pray this afternoon on it, and as if uh, Mavis was there as well, said, Lord, give us an open heart to this matter, so that we'll have a clear understanding and we'll live. And I, I thank God, as she was also leading, said the same thing. And so this message we are tackling is very, very crucial. I must confess to you that yesterday I made a lot of statements that were very fresh to my own life. That I kept, and I kept looking at them carefully. You know, the Lord grants grace sometimes. It's not everything that you know, but in the course of bringing it out, the Lord gives grace so that you can have it very clear. Amen. And so, we are trying to just let those of you who were not here yesterday have an idea about what we spoke about yesterday. And then, I also mentioned to you that that office of a prophet, a true prophet, the issue that we are tackling now is the true prophetic ministry. And I said, that office is, is, is so important that you know, and God reveres that office. Not the individual, but reveres that office. And so when you are, you, are, you are privileged to be put into that office, you have a certain covering. Praise the Lord. And the covering is so, so intense. Yesterday, I didn't also get a chance even to tell you. But later on, when I went home, and I was, actually, when I went home, I was so charged to pray. So when I went home and I was reflecting, some of these scriptures started bubbling in my heart. And quickly, just by way of uh, re-emphasize those things we learn, Matthew chapter 10 verse 40 to 42, and then I will give the open prayer and we will quickly go into today's. As I said, this subject is so, so, so wide. I mean, it's so wide that we cannot... But let's trust God to take it. The Bible says that he who receives, uh, he who receives you, receive me. And he who receives him, sorry. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. That is, if you receive the Lord Jesus, you have received the Father as well. Praise the Lord. And then he goes further in the verse 42. He says that, He who receives a prophet in the name of of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. Hallelujah. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And so I was... I I wanted to use these few scriptures that we didn't say yesterday to let you have a clear understanding that that office is so important that God himself said that if you start receiving, that is the true prophet, that is my emphasis. If you receive that true prophet in the name of that prophet, you will receive his reward. And I thought yesterday, I said something like this, the Shunammite woman who saw the Elijah traveling to and fro decided to say, we don't want this man to suffer too much. Let's put up a little cottage in our house so that any time he's going from one end to the other, when he gets here, he will break his journey and take some rest. As soon as the woman did it, one day the Bible says, the man of God called the woman and said, do you want me to speak to the king or to the, the, the army commander? You need something. He said, I don't need any people, anything because I dwell with my own people. And then the 
the, the, the servants of the man of God said, well, she, she has a need. The need she has is that she has no child. And the Bible says that. She said, is that so? Here yeah, by this time you have a child. Then the Bible said, the woman said, ha, 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 how can I? Because all the factory is shut down. My husband is an old man. Nothing is working. And yet, she was blessed with a son. Praise the Lord. Now, why I'm saying this is because, you see, God attaches very much importance to that office. So, may I say to a child of God, if we have always underestimated and we have all thought that we are all the same, let's change our attitude. I am changing mine. Change yours as well. Amen. In fact, when we have to live the good life as children of God, we won't have, have, have any problem. Let's respect one another. Let's honor one another. So that if the Lord does not even point out that he's a prophet, but in the eyes of God he's a prophet, you wouldn't have had any casualty for your life. Amen. Alright, so we spoke. Now we finalize that. Let's, okay, I said to 42, and let me just read 42. You know, now you saved the time for me, but it looks like I have so much in here that, well, let's see. And, and whosoever gives one of these little ones uh, only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Even a disciple. Bless the Lord. Now, we ended up now because, yesterday we ended it on the fact that because of all of these packages that goes along with the prophetic office and for that matter the fivefold ministry, but prophetic because of the giftings that go along, it makes it so spectacular. Hallelujah. Now, because of that, what happens is, is that the enemy, as usual, I said that yesterday, also tries to take advantage. That is why now there is so much. And then you see, even the first John chapter 4 verse 1, because many false prophets have gone out there. So this is the reason why it is important as saints and as children of God to be guarded so we can have in-depth understanding about the operations of, this, of the giftings of the Spirit of God. Amen. Now let me conclude as I sum it up by saying that I want to plead with every one of you. Open your heart to the Scriptures. Don't look at men. Because men can make mistakes. And that's why this scripture, you know, when this study, as I was going and digging and making references with my strongs, and together with all of this, as I was reading through, one of the prayers that I prayed is that, Lord, I beg you, let every step and every utterance be by the Spirit of God. I beg you, because this subject is not something that one can play with. And you will notice that even in this church, we haven't taken much time to talk about it. We do from time to time by just mentioning that before, be careful with this. But we haven't mentioned much about the true prophetic ministry. Amen. 
And so it's something that I want you to take attention and pay much attention and be more careful to it so that we can have full knowledge. At least it's quite big. We can treat it all, but we can have a very good knowledge about it. And so, Father, we come again tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. This is not a subject of man. It's a subject of yours because we have read from your scriptures how you have asked us to be on the alert because many false prophets have gone out there. We also acknowledge that you have a lot more good people out there for us as well in this office. We are only asking that you will give us the descending ability so that we'll be able to know the truth from you. Tonight, once again, I ask that all thrones may be given to me. I plead by mercy in the blood. The Lord, every utterance will be exact as you want it to be. Therefore, my heart, my mind, my tongue is subjected to your approved word of God in Jesus' name. And everyone said, yesterday we left off. At a point when we um, said that because of the peculiarity or the spectacularity of this office or the special nature of this office, there has been quite a lot of um, other artificial ones as well. And so I actually mentioned to you two chapters one was in Jeremiah 23, and then I also, in the course of it, we didn't read the one which is um, the, 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 the one in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 13. I hope some of you may have read it. I mean, I will not take much time on that one because I have quite a lot of things here that we are going to tackle. And so we take off from this, and then right away we will go to Hebrews because I also promise you that after having said all of this, the operations of the prophet in the Old Testament and then now in the New Testament, we also relate to see how the New Testament prophets also operated. And so we will go right away into this. And there is a, the first scripture I want us to look at is this scripture in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. I was actually going to start with the um, Ezekiel 1. But I just will share it. When you have time, just do it. Because it has quite a lot of things for us. Before I read this, um, the reason why I wanted that to be said... Alright. Can, can I say something from Ezekiel? Praise the Lord. Let's switch to Ezekiel chapter 13. I won't read the whole thing. There's a particular portion I want us to cut. Chapter 13 from verse 1. And then I will come quickly here. Ezekiel 13. The Bible says, And, and, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And it's Ezekiel who was talking here, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, who prophesy and say to those who... Prophecy, uh, who prophesy out of their own heart, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. This is where I wanted you to have, and it's important to me. 
Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those who prophesy out of their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. Now, I became very attracted to the word who prophesy out of their own hearts. Did you remember that we read the same also from Jeremiah? And so I was asking, Lord, what does it mean? That means that they pick it from somewhere. Where? I mean, prophesy their own hearts. And as I was reflecting on it, I got an understanding. You see, especially us who are born again, our spirits are born again is very sharp. And sometimes you can know something. Not necessarily because God has told you. Hallelujah. You can know something and you can, if you are not careful, you can add the attachment to it. That says yes, the Lord. So let's be careful about that. If God wants to speak through you, let God speak through you. Amen. But when you get to know something, be careful. You know, in the New Testament, somewhere along the line, the Bible says that if our own hearts condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. So, it's trying to distance God. Do you know that sometimes you will be whipped by your own heart, saying you didn't do it right, you are so, so, and so, you are so, so, and so. You know, it is not God who is whipping you. It's your own heart. But when you shift yourself up and ask the Lord, Lord, I know I have sinned, He will forgive you. So it is not God who is whipping you. Now, the born again heart can, can become so sharp, can become so sharp to pick up things in such a way that if you are not careful, you will say that it is the Lord. Amen. And so, let's watch some of these things. If we read through this, you will see clearly. But as I gave, I beg you, try and make time to read such things. Because it's good for us. Okay, now we can come to today's. Now the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past, to, in time past, to the fathers by the, let's take note of this, by the prophets. Now in the next verse, the Bible says, he says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Praise the Lord. Whom he has appointed herald of all things. Through whom also he made the world. Amen. What is God saying? In the olden times, they were strictly depending upon prophetic sayings. And I remember that when Jehoshaphat's son went and married Ahab's daughter, one day Jehoshaphat got up and visited Ahab. And, and Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, You are as my people as we are. We, you know, uh, uh, Ramoth Gilead 
used to be ours and the Syrians have taken over. Can you join forces with me so that I can go and take it back? Jehoshaphat made a statement. He said, your people are my people. My army is your people. I don't mind joining you at all. But there is one thing important. If only we can have an approval from God, we have no problem. And how do we get the approval? You don't know, I don't know. Let's call the prophets. Praise the Lord. And so they rallied all the prophets and the first prophets, the first sets of prophets that came were 400 prophets. And they came and spoke and everybody spoke. Now listen to this. Everybody spoke. Just say yes, the Lord. Yes, you go. You will win victory. And there is no cause for alarm. Everything shall be all right. And then all of a sudden, Jehoshaphat, who I would say in today's times, born again, child of God, also perceives in his heart that all is not well. So that's, I'm trying to explain to you the, the, the heart bit of it, and I'm also trying to explain to you, we spoke through the, father, the, the prophets to our fathers. Amen. And now Jehoshaphat said, Is there not another prophet? Then Ahab comes to say, There is one more, but we have a problem. He never tells me that, in other words, Ahab was trying to say, He never tells me what I want to hear. Now I will tell you a secret about, you never, you see, let me tell you, I thank God for Jesus. You see, the false prophets, one of the things they capitalize on is that they prophesy what you want to hear. So they can pick it up from your heart and bounce it back right to you. And I will prove it by the New Testament way of prophetic ministry. Glory to God! So, in the olden times, they spoke through the prophets to our fathers. Now, Jesus came on the scene and the Bible said, The Father has spoken to us through the Son. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Let me tell you a child of God. All prophecies that will come to you and will come to the church, if it doesn't have the foundation of building a relationship with Christ, if it doesn't have a foundation of edifying the body through the Son of God, we have a big problem. Hallelujah. He has spoken to us through His Son. So, every edification, every building up, and I will prove it by the word of God, every building up had to do, especially now that Jesus has come on the scene, had to do with connection with Him. Amen. So, when the Bible said, had in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed, the heir of all things, through whom also He made the world, every edification must magnify the relationship between us 
and him. Amen. That's why he compared the two. The, father, the Lord spoke to our fathers through the prophets. That in these last days he has spoken to. So Jesus is the main focus. Now, brethren, is it not true that the prophecies that are coming forth has to do with self-gratification? You will have a husband in three days. I was told one of these precious men of God in Accra one day was having a meeting and there was a woman sitting in front who was a pastor's wife. And she prophesied fantastic things that had nothing to do with the woman. But said that's it. It was when they closed the meeting somebody said that did you know who you were talking to, it was Reverend Soso and Sos. He said, Meraze. I beg you, so we have to feel. My brother, don't worry. If nobody respects you because you don't say that, say yes, the Lord. Don't worry. You just speak the word of the Lord. But of course, as we prayed this afternoon, if God gives you a word, you must be bold to speak it. Praise the Lord. The fact that I'm raising caution does not mean you should not open up to the living God because He's still moving. The same God said, despise not prophesying. Amen. So we are noting here. That the emphasis now of our prophetic ministry in our day has to be the building up of the Lord in us. Amen. Amen. This does not mean that the Lord at a point in time or the other may not whisper. I will come to that. I'll come to that. You see, our state is quite different from the old time. Why? The old people, everything must be told to them. But in our day, there is an unction inside you. So there are certain things you will know. It is only when you are becoming too disobedient, especially in the area of sin, that the Spirit of the Lord is saying and warning you, and you are still not paying, then that one He will send somebody else. And in fact, that one, when He sends somebody else, you should thank God, though, because then it has gotten to the amber light. Amen. Amen. Alright, so in these last days, I've spoken to us through the Son. And so, every edification, every building up, every direction that the Spirit of the Lord must give, must be concerning the building up with relationship and doing things for the kingdom of God. Because in these last days, 
You see, that's why many people now are going to everywhere to hear prophecies because they are prophesying things that is on their heart they need. If you are here right now, you don't have a, you desire to be married and you don't have anybody in the pipeline and I come and say tomorrow, don't look at me, I'm not coming to you. Come and say tomorrow by this time, sister, I tell you, I see a husband. I see riches. Like your sister told me, Pastor, I want to marry, but I don't want my bread to be or the roadside. So you see, if you say such a thing in your heart, and then I come, or so, not me come, somebody comes and he said, Shh, I see a sister. Call Ethiopia. You are here tonight. And you yourself, you have in your quiet places, you have been praying, Lord, I need so, but Lord, this is, this is my, 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 this is my, what do we call it? My stand, my criteria. I don't want somebody who is short. I heard it before. I don't want somebody who doesn't have a car. I don't want anybody who is from this tribe. And then somebody comes. You have this in your heart. And he says, you are sister Ethiopia, you are here. God is going to give you a husband from your own tribe. He's a businessman. You know, that thing is very easy to perceive. And to be thrown back to you. If we have read... It's not me who says this thing. The Ezekiel 13 that I gave you, if we have gone a few steps down, you would have heard God say that that is foolishness. Hallelujah. So that's why I want you to do some homework and quickly do that. And so we are establishing, and I plead that you will let these things go deep in your heart. I will conclude with a certain scripture. If only I will get there, you'll be shocked. You as a child of God, what God even expects you when you hear, irrespective of who is speaking it, what God expects you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you coming along? Shout hallelujah. Let's bless the name of Jesus together. Amen. And so, now, let's see a man that. Even Jesus. You remember in the olden time, yesterday we read it, when Miriam and, and Aaron decided to misbehave towards the Asenia prophets. They were all prophets, three of them. And God, by virtue of the office that he was standing, the man Moses was standing, how God became very strict and punished Miriam. Now, you remember that, keep that at the back of your mind. Now, in the New Testament, there's a man that Jesus spoke about as well. That is so fantastic. Quickly, let's go to Luke chapter 7. We will read from verse 18 to 28. It is long, so I'll make it 24 to 28. And I will be able to carry what I want to say. Um, let me quickly say that John the Baptist... Um, had been captured now in prison 
And then two of his disciples, they, he calls them and then he sends them to go and find out from Jesus whether he was the one that they were expecting because of the report that was moving around. And so the two disciples go and meet Jesus and say, Master, our Master John the Baptist tells us to find out, ask us to find out this from you. Are you the one, this and that? And then Jesus said, the things that you have seen, the sick heal, the blind see, the social and so, go and report the same thing that you have um, seen and heard. The gospel is preached. You have seen all of this right in your very eye. Now, when the two disciples left, went back to report to John the Baptist as to what Jesus has said, then Jesus turned. Now, listen, we read from verse 24. The Bible says that when the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitude concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Jesus is asking and telling the multitude. But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in, in a soft garment. Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in the king's court. Praise the Lord. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. Praise the Lord. Verse 27. This is he whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? And the verse 28 says, For I say to you, among those who... Uh, among those born of women, there, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Shout a big amen. Love this statement. Now, Jesus is beginning to explain the prophetic or oh, in other words, the anointing that was on the man John the Baptist. Now when Jesus said this, I discovered that even though in the Old Testament it has been said of Moses that this is a man that I talk face to face, as I said in French, fiat to fiat. Face to face, uh, or safasa for safasa, something like that. But it's nice to me. Is there a French woman? How do you say face in French? Fast, fast. Ah, it's fast, fast, you know. Thank you. God said, the man that I talk to him, fast, fast. I like it very much because I go to some places and when it's being interpreted, they say fast, fast, fast. So that, okay. Now, the man that I talk to him, fast, fast. Did you not fear to start opening your mouth to talk about him? But my mind quickly went to that scripture. And then I came back to the commendations of Jesus on John the Baptist. And I realized that Moses' one was even lower. 
Because Jesus says that among all born by women, and, uh, and Moses was born by a woman. There had never been a man like this. So the anointing that was on John the Baptist and his prophecies should not be taken for granted. Amen. And so I'm bringing a point. And so, Jesus now is talking about the people, uh, talking to the people about John the Baptist. Actually, I believe that he is the beginning of the ministry. And that's why the Bible says, that is the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, among all those born by women, I was born by a woman, what about you? Born by a woman. Among all those born by women, they had never raised anybody like him. But the least, those of us washed by the blood, we are greater. It is time to bless the Lord our God. You may not recognize this today because you have not opened up to move into spirituality. You have not opened up to move into maturity. So you may say that, uh, but John the Baptist, he was this and that. How can I measure myself? You are a blood-washed person. We are supposed to be growing into maturity. We will come that very soon. And you will see that we have more grace to our advantage. Amen. The law came by Moses, but grace had come through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I brought John the Baptist. And Jesus commends that he is one of, he is an outstanding prophet. True? Now, what was his message? What was the message of John the Baptist? Meeting people and then saying that tomorrow by this time you'll be married. Is that what he preached? So, I'm trying to re-emphasize what was said in Hebrews 1. Verse 1 and 2. I was trying to, when I was asking the Lord, so Lord, what, what, how do, what do we expect from the prophets? And then when I was referred to Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, then my mind came back to John the prophet who had been recommended. And quickly, I said I want to see the message of John the Baptist. And let's go to Matthew chapter 3. I just want to do a little comparison so that we will see in our day the Bible said in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying 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 what? Oh one, two Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John himself was clothed in a camel's hair, with a leather and belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. That's a prophet. 
Today, we, we, our bellies must be full properly. Anyway, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the regions around the Jordan went out to him. And were baptized by him in Jordan, confessing their sins. A prophet must make sure his words cut in such a way that it brings people to repentance. Did you remember the scripture we read from Jeremiah chapter 23? Is it 18 or 19? One of them when he said that if they have stood in my presence, they would have caused the people to repent from their sins. And not to be saying peace, peace, peace and this and that. Praise the Lord. Now we are seeing the prophetic message of John the Baptist. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think and say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the ass is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you think the prophet will tell you this thing of the day? May you have wisdom. The man that Jesus commended and said that his anointing in the prophetic office is more than anybody. The man is prophesying and speaking. And see, the father spoke, uh, the prophet spoke to the father, the father, the father's head through the prophets. And now, in the last days, he has spoken through his son. And this is the message. You must get people to be on their knees surrendering to Jesus Christ. First and foremost. I mean, if we want to do do reasonability in our minds, if you prophesy over somebody to be rich and he becomes rich and he has no standing with God, what have you done? Hallelujah. So let's, let's put this in a contest. Praise the Lord. And even now the ass is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Amen. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. A prophet must begin to point to Jesus. To the people to Jesus. And let them know that they need Jesus more than anything else. Hallelujah. 
Last night I got a, a WhatsApp from one of our sisters. He said, I can't thank God enough for you. Uh, because you see, I was few days, few weeks ago, I had somebody come to me. He said his pastor sent him and mentioned my name that I should come and see him. It was in a service. And then I said to the person that my pastor has told me, has said it a lot of times, that I will not go to anybody that I'm not serving under. And I said, I thank God that you heard. They would have put fear into your heart. And that sort of fear is not ordinary fear. It's a spirit of fear. They will cripple you in no time. So the Bible says that forbid them not to speak. Praise the Lord. <coughs> along. Now, this is the message of a man who is in the office of a prophet... Commended by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. I am not trying to say, please don't get me wrong, that the prophets of God, the true prophets of God, will not speak certain things, but by their fruits you shall know them. Amen. Amen. Let's concentrate on Jesus. You see, when even in the Old Testament, when our good brother Daniel, uh, David was doing very well, and he sinned, when Nathan was given with a message to him, the message was to restore the man. Praise the Lord. Restore him back to God. That is why the grievous thing that he did, the prophet told him, he broke down, repented, and he was restored. Hallelujah. Relationship with Jesus is so important that any prophetic thing that comes to you, that does not have... I mean, if the Lord said to you, listen, you have some money there, put it into the ministry, I think it's a good thing. When he didn't say, go and buy the Mercedes. Is that okay? You, this one, you won't say amen. Let's read the verse 12. His winnowing fan in his hand, he will thoroughly cleanse out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into bands. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Yesterday we read from also one of the... You see, your prophetic must burn all the sin and all the nonsense that is retelling you. Amen! It must point you to Jesus. It must guide you into fearing God. Have the fear of God. Now, let's move on a little further. Let's move on a little further. Thank you, Lord, our God, for your goodness. Amen. Now, I want to say something from when Jesus, we all know this scripture, we quote it very well. But today, let's narrow down to it. Especially with what I'm saying, let's narrow down a bit. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 10 all the way to 15. Let's watch something when he spoke about uh, the, 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 the offices. See what God said in his word. He said, 
He who ascended is uh, he who descended is the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. He gave, and I have already explained that some of these, the fivefold ministry is not just a gift. It's an office you occupy. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go further. He said, what is the reason why he gave the gifts of the offices to the individual? One, two. Continue. One, two. Of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a measure of the stature of the fullness of that we should no longer toss to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. You see, the giftings, since we are talking about the prophet, the gift of the prophet must bring you to maturity. Shout a big amen. amen. Stop misbehaving. Now people come to church and they prophesy all kinds of things. I was sharing something with my wife this morning. And I, we have heard such things as, you, you are even wearing red pants. It's an insult to the Holy Ghost. And people are, yay. If it is black pants, you can't go to heaven. But people get excited. What has this got to do to the equipping of the saints? Hello? Are you listening to me? <clears throat> I saw you yesterday by the kiosk which is near the bank at Osu. Around 11 o'clock, the sister gets up and says, Yes, it's true. What has that got to do with Jesus Christ? Let's be wise. Amen. Let's be wise. Amen. So you see, the Bible is emphasizing something that is very great in the verse 11, which is very, very important. The Bible says in the verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Let me tell you something. There are certain people who are standing in the office of a teacher. It's an office as well. It has the same reward like a prophet. Except that his ministry may not so much be magnified like the prophet who may have insight to speaking things. But if that person is seriously doing what 
teaching the word of God with unction, breaking it down to the understanding. Ah, the Bible says that he will be paid equally. Amen. This is why we need to be very careful and respect those who deliver the word of God to us. Especially those that stand in the office. Today, as I keep saying, do you know that we have moved in, into a level where everybody has become too, too excited about things about themselves? If he is going to church and it's a prophetic night, it has to do with who is stopping the husband, who is stopping the man from coming to marry me. It's your own life that is stopping the man. It's about tomorrow by this time you have a job to do. I don't mind if God gave a word such as that. That you have a job to do. That you will take care of your wife. You will take care of your children. And also support the ministry. You will be someone who will promote. I don't mind at all if it is in that direction. Praise the Lord. But when it comes to your personal gratification, because turn back to the scripture for me, the Bible says that these people, and they are working the best 12, has been spelled out. Hallelujah. I like Bible. It said, for the equipping. For. Hallelujah. And yes, I won't hear it. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is, you see, this is summarizing the operations of a man who will prophesy to you. It will be very great for a prophet to say that, I see and God wants me to tell you, for three weeks you have not opened your Bible. And you are at the verge of falling from the grace of God. It is a serious matter. But have you ever heard that before? No, you are not minding me at all. They've stopped. Hallelujah. It will be very nice to hear, sister, you are in the gulf of bitterness and you are sinking you have two people in your heart you have said you will not forgive them these are the things we should be hearing but the person will come and sing and dance and nothing of the sort may the Lord direct us now hallelujah verse 13 so we all do what? Come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. God is going to be prophesying to us for the relationship to be better with Him and with the Father. Amen. So when you have these as your guide, to be very difficult. Because now what you're going to be doing is that when you hear anything, you are very careful. 
you are also asking yourself few questions. Now let's go to the practicality of some of the things that the New Testament prophets did, which is beautiful. Let's start from Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4. This one was when the Holy Ghost had come. This one was when Jesus has given giftings. And let's see practical things that took place. The Bible says now in the church that was at Antioch, there was a certain, there, uh, no, there were certain prophets and teachers. And then I discovered that Apostle Paul was also one time a prophet. Either a teacher or what? One of them. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up by Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, when the Holy Ghost said, He used one of them to prophesy. Praise the Lord. Then, having fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Now, when you read further down, you see that they went now to places and the Lord was confirming His word everywhere they went. Amen. Now, I want us to see the practicality of some of these beautiful things that the Lord started doing. Let's go again to... Chapter 21 of the same chapter, verse 8 to 14. On the next day, we who were Paul's companion departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgins, daughters, who prophesied. They were not prophets, but they had the gift of prophecy. So, I think maybe in the evening services, they were prophesying. Anytime they were worshipping, they were prophesying. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down to Judea. I was wondering why nobody so far named his child Agabus. I thought the name was nice, Agabus. Amen and amen. If I was going to have a son again, I would have said Agabus. Now the Bible says that, and when he had come to us, he took the belt, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus saith the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind a man who owns this belt, and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And now when he had heard these things, sorry, when we have heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The prophet Agabus was one of the sharpest guys. And the Holy Ghost spoke to him when they were in the house. 
And this one, if you may call it personal prophecy. And even that one, you see how he went about it. He took, uh, the Old Testament said he took ghetto. He took somebody's belt and then he, st- he started twisting it as the Spirit of God will have him to do. And then he said, in Chini, ever can say, my belt in Namia is a chinchingano. Sana Jerusalem, yadebayeno. And everybody knew that it was Paul who has hung his clothes there. And the belt fell down. But you know, it was so specific. And the prophecy was indicating. But I love something that, that after that, let me see what Paul said. Did he say anything? Yeah, he said that when the brethren were saying, Oh, brother, don't go. We beg you. Yeah, we don't want to see you die. He said, you see, this is my master that I'm serving. I'm not ready. I am not ready to just, I am ready even to die for his name's sake. Because he has done so much. Praise the Lord. Do you, think God, do you think we can grow to that level? We can. May we love God to such an extent that nothing will be too valuable when we have to stand for Jesus Christ. Amen. So, I just want to give some of the, our dispensation type of prophecies that came forth. Let's go to... Chapter 11 of the book of Acts. We take from verse 27 and 28. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Antioch must have been a very vibrant church. So, Jerusalem was very much concerned. The headquarters of the saints were all the time sending people to go and see how they were doing. Then one of them, named who? Agabus. Stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great farming throughout the world. Which also happened in the days of uh, Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judah. It is like the prophecy of Joseph when he explained the drought that was coming. And that we needed to gather. And this was for the edification of the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. It was not for the individual. Neither was it. He perceived ahead of time that there was going to be hunger. And so let's begin to gather so that we may help our brethren. And it was done. And so if a prophet came and spoke to us and said that, I perceive that there is coming a day. That there is going to be this and that, this and that. So take caution and begin to gather now for the body. The person will be speaking right. Praise the Lord. Hmm. 
Let me give you another one. Chapter 20 of the book of Acts. Verse 17, and when we will read all the way down. Apostle was in his last days and was visiting the churches. The Bible says, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when, he had come to, uh, when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in, what man, in Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but I proclaim it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Testifying to the Jews and also to the Greek repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem and not knowing what things uh, that would happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testify in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. Let me stop here for a minute before we continue. So on his way to Jerusalem, many churches had been planted by him with others on the way. And where he stopped to just greet them and to share with them and to encourage them to continue in the faith. Amongst the church were also certain prophets. And so they perceived and then they would rise up and they would say, when it's time for worship, somebody, tongues or whatever, will just say, Kamalabashatabaya. I see, Brother Paul, I see, I see tribulation is awaiting for you in Jerusalem. I see, I see. And it looks like everywhere that he went, he was told the same thing. Hallelujah. And so, in his conclusion, he said, except that, no, let me just read that and then we come down. Except that the Holy Spirit testify in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor did I count my life so dear to myself that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now I go. Sorry, now indeed I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Because he has identified with a prophecy that it will happen. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I was touched by this. And so we will believe God to, as long as He gives us grace to teach everything that you need to know. Amen. Amen. 
Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, salvage wolves will come in among you and will not... Uh, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Now, let me show you something. After he has been prophesied to about what was going to happen, he too now begins to prophesy to the brethren what will happen. Praise the Lord. And he is saying that when some of us will not be there, some people will rise up. Let's finish it. Also among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. Meaning that even in the congregation, people will deviate. And then they will begin to say different things, just to blow the faith of many. May I say to you, brethren, as we have always emphasized Jesus... If anybody ever came and said something contrary, which does not magnify the Lord, He has spoken to us in these last days through His Son. Anything that does not magnify Jesus amongst us and the relationship and the maturity in Him, don't take it in Jesus' name. As from among yourselves, men will rise up. Speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now, the fearful thing is that it was not coming from outside, but from inside. That's why here we are very much alert. I have have had few wonderful experiences. Few weeks ago, I was preaching here, and a young man started shouting. Amen, preach on and all of this. I began very uncomfortable. Did it a few occasions. And I couldn't help than to rebuke him in the open. I think it must have been in the first service or so. Came another week, sitting quietly. Of course, when we met him down there, we filled the forms. He has already declared that he will be a church member. A week two. He came again. And the next thing is that he raises his hand after we have closed the church service and says, he wants to see me. And then he began his story and I knew where it was going in the morning. So immediately I said to him, you know, I have many people to talk with. I don't mind, but we have one of our leaders who will talk to you. I lifted my eyes and thank God I saw Uncle Fred. And I said, Uncle Fred, this gentleman has some situation he wants to. You know, he started with some spirit, something, something. Anyway, Uncle Fred, would you please talk to him and, and let me know the outcome. And so Uncle Fred just got him and started talking to him. And it's all about his need and this and that. And so he started all kinds of, Uncle Fred said, you know I'm a soldier, what you are talking? The brother went, he didn't come back again. Things are happening. Hallelujah. So all that he was giving me the applause. 
He was preparing the ground. And my inside, honestly, my inside was so uncomfortable that I couldn't help them to shut his mouth in the midst of the congregation. I remember when I did that, some people were saying, once again, Pastor, you cool down some more. We don't cool down like that. Amen. Amen. I thought he was going to stand the test of time. So that with time we could have sat and see it was necessary. Listen, people, we can't tell you the number of people who had come here. If I were to tell you some of them, the things, they were very clever. Things that they could do to us. Young man came or sitting here, I finished talking, and he said, Man of God, I see the unction on you. I came by and God said I should fellowship here. And for the last days, the few weeks that I have come, I tell you, I am so glad the Lord let me here. You know, and I have few things. I saw when you were preaching, I said, you saw what? Shut up. Stopped him right there. He left, he never came back. Another one also, man of God. You are, one, you are one of the end time generals in the city of Accra. I said, I didn't know that. <laughs> Things are happening all. And I know that some of you, if you, they came to you and said, you are one of the end time, once they have given you apostle general, you are fine. Man of God, you are one of the generals, I tell you. In the spirit, you are dynamic. Your church is outstanding. Uh-huh. And the Lord has plans for this church. Led by you. We have come to serve under your feet. Uh-huh. I said faith builders. There's something called faith builders. What do they do there? They teach the beginnings. When never came back. Hallelujah. One of our sisters came, wanting to marry, and brought me a pastor. I said, Pastor wants to marry you. He doesn't have a congregation. He said, oh. And I said, which church? Then he mentioned one of the popular churches. Where? Mentioned the place. I said, okay, let her come. Let him come. So one Sunday, the man, as soon as he came... His suit alone was enough. He was a real man of God. Very expensive shoe. Suit. So when we closed right in front, I greeted everybody, everything. And then I said, okay, we have time. Let's talk now. Pulled the chair, sat with him. And then I said, yeah, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from so-and-so church. And I said, are you the minister there? Yeah, we are, but we do ours in the night, all nights and all of that. We are helping people. I said, okay. And I said, now what? He said, oh, I saw your church member. She's a fantastic woman. I want to marry. And she said, you can only talk to my pastor first. Because apparently she says that you are his father. And I said, okay. I said, are you born again? He said, yes, I'm born again. I said, how did you become born again? He said, I was a footballer. And I broke my leg and they took me to the hospital and I told the Lord that when you deliver me from here, I'm going to serve you. And I said, maybe you didn't understand my question. In this very church. I said, you, don't, you didn't understand. I said, are you born again? 
she re- he repeated the same thing. So I turned to my sister and said, Run! Pastor doesn't know what is born again. And they do, they do deliverance. And he's a prophet. May the Lord help us. I can tell you so many things in our own church. Over and over experiences that we have had. But better than our eyes are open. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, we are coming down soon. I'm not tired, but you are tired. So we are coming down. Praise the Lord. So where were we? Also from among yourselves, okay, go to the next one. Therefore watch, I say to you, a child of God, watch. Say to your neighbor, watch. Therefore I say to you, watch and remember that from three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. I saw the passion of Paul. When he perceived in his spirit that his days were getting close, he was so concerned and, 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 and he displayed his prophetic things. Brothers, be careful. Where we are going, Satan would like to shift you off. So be careful. And he says, I did it night and day. So, my dear brother, if you come and we are preaching, sometimes we may not say, that say yes, the Lord, but it's coming so direct. I want you to take it because there is an inspiration of the Holy Ghost. You see, he didn't close his eyes and say, that say yes, the Lord, but he was still prophesying into the future, knowing exactly what will happen. So he says, I warn you, day and night, And then he says, sometimes it was so bad that we have to, we have to even cry. The next one he says, so now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I pray that every one of us will be committed to the word of his grace. To the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel. When a prophet cannot defend that, he is a true prophet. Most of these people speak only for what they can get. Time will not allow us for us to go to Peter, what he said about them. And so, brethren, let's take note of these things. Hallelujah. He said, you all know me, the sort of life I have lived among you. That's how he started it. The next scripture. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for necessity. For my necessity and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by the laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. 
a prophet will never tell you that it's more blessed to give than if he has to use that scripture, it is good for you to give me. But the man of God prophesying, see what he said. We're coming to a close soon. And when he has said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely, fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Verse 38. Sorrowing most of all for the works which he spoke, that he will not see them. They will not see him, his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Praise the Lord. We are coming to a close. And let me conclude with this scripture in First Corinthians. Let me see. Wow. Alright. Let me say this. Two minutes. No, five minutes. First John chapter 2. Verse 20 and 27. See what the scripture says. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Amen. Every one of us who is sitting here tonight. If you don't know. Start developing. Once you are born again. You have a certain unction. Who will teach you. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. You have, there are certain basic things you don't need anybody to come from outside to tell you. That's what the Bible is saying. Because of the anointing you have. You see, we, we live like the Old Testament Christians. We are not Old Testament Christians. We are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. There is something in us. It is God at work in us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And let me tell you something. There are certain things that a prophet will come and tell you. When you yourself, you know already, he will confirm to you. Amen. Now, the verse 27 says this. But the anointing which you have received from him, that is Jesus, abides in you. He is not coming from my side. He is where? He lives inside you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. Huh? Are you hearing? But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not lie, just as he has taught you, you will abide in him. Amen. I just want us to note these things down and accept that we are born again, baptizing the Holy Ghost. There is something in you. Let me tell you something. The communication that goes on with you, that goes on within you, if you were to pay attention, you will hear more of the Spirit of God sometimes instructing you that there is no need for you to do what you are doing. There is no need to. You know, sometimes, there, I think some years ago, some, some years ago, Reverend was preaching, and then he says something like this. He said, you know, sometimes you get up and you want to put on even a certain cloth, and inside you already are saying that this thing you want to wear today, you have a motive. Drop it. The Holy Ghost should be able to tell you that. Amen. Especially sisters who have the skirt, and you say, today I will wear this skirt, and go, and the Holy Ghost said, don't wear the skirt. 
That's an unction inside you. Don't do that. Hallelujah. Now let me close as I said in the scripture. First Corinthians 14, 29. Hallelujah. Oh, you're not minding me again. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Now, read the scripture for me. One, two. No, 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 bro. Everybody is not saying it. So let's start. One, two. It didn't say prophecy. Let two or three prophets speak. And let others. And let others. Probably you never knew that you have this. So when people come and they are prophesying, don't think as if you don't know anything. The Holy Ghost is inside of you. Judge it by the Word of God and say, yes, let's get a confirmation from the Word of God. You cannot relinquish this authority to anybody. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that, let two or three, let two or three prophets speak. It's okay. But the issue is, it must be judged. Is it correct or he's speaking from his own heart? Is it correct or he's saying something? And I, let me tell you, if we grow and accept this responsibility, people will speak things and you'll be quiet and say, Enfemu. Enfemu da. In your heart. And in fact, you will pray and say, Lord, save him. If God never gave us that authority, we would have been in trouble. So from now on, don't swallow everything. Don't disrespect, but don't swallow everything. Judge all things according to the word of the Lord. And know what is coming from God. And what You see, let me tell you something as I come to a close. The prophetic office can be used to bully people and to cheat people. So wake up and judge everything in the light of Scripture. In Jesus' name.